Is travel healthcare done? These are certainly weird times we're going through right now, and a lot of people, a lot of travelers, a lot of agencies, a lot of recruiters, certainly a lot of hospitals are hoping. But the question is, is travel healthcare going away? We're going to talk about it in the future of healthcare and the future of travel healthcare, more importantly, on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> This is Travel Evolved. Welcome to the episode 108, everybody. Whew. Got a good one for you tonight. I mean, here's, here's the bottom line. The question is, is travel healthcare going away? The answer is no, it's not. All right, guys, we appreciate this week. We'll catch you next time on Travel Evolved. Okay, I'm just kidding. I mean, really, we could end the episode right there. You guys probably know most stuff about this episode, but let's go into it a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about some of the reasons why we at NextGen MedStaff don't believe travel healthcare is going to go away. Now, I will tell you, it's, it's in a slump. It's in a slump more than I kind of expected, but a lot of it has to do with some seasonality. A lot of it has to do with also economics. One of the things that I'll say, and I'll say it repeatedly, I think, during this episode is that Back in 2008, 2009, we went through a pretty big slump in travel healthcare. For those of you that are new travelers and haven't been around that long, you would probably be surprised to know that that period of time lasted about five or six years, about five years for sure. And what really happened is the economy really, really affected healthcare. Mostly what I saw back then was that a lot of people who traveled who were I guess who had a spouse or a partner that that didn't travel and wasn't even in healthcare potentially, a lot of those people were losing their positions. There was a lot of unemployment back then, and it caused a lot of good, solid travelers to re-engage with the permanent market. They needed the benefits, they needed the security. They couldn't, you know, take that risk of being the one to go out there and fight, you know, for some super high-paying positions. It didn't justify it when you had to be the one or they had to be the one that were really the mainstay in that relationship. So there was a lot of reasons, and that's just a very simplistic version of what happened in 2008 primarily. But the interesting thing is that it really was economically tied. I used to tell people that you know, our industry is pretty untouchable by, the, by economics. Couldn't have been more wrong. And ever since 2010 and 11, I've said, man, we do not need to have our, our industry experience another significant economic turndown. So I've been pretty nervous about this um, really since, you know, we started having inflation. And I know people don't want to say we have it, but let's just be frank. I mean, we got 8% 
recently interest rates for new housing. I mean, it's, it is getting ridiculous. And the fact is, is that that is tied to a lot of other things economically. It has really little to do with this. And what I will tell you is I'm seeing this time how bad our economy is right now seems to be having a little bit less effect on travel healthcare, and it has a lot to do with what happened in 2020 and, and you know late late 2019 with the pandemic, and how many hospitals were really forced to you know pay huge amounts of money for supplemental staff, and you know again to not get into too much episode, but I will tell you that that's part of what's happening now. It's it's really quite confusing, and again I can't I'm just throwing out spitballs of what I believe it is based upon 20 almost 25 years. A month shy, 25 years of experience in this industry. God, it just gets, every time I say it, I'm just like, man, I really <laughs> been doing this a long time. So it's a, weird, a lot of weird things right now. There are certainly facilities and hospital systems that believe that they need to recover a lot of the money that they, um, that they supposedly lost during the pandemic. Now, a lot of those hospitals and hospital systems, as many of you guys know all too well, had record sales and revenue and income and profits during 2021, 22, and into 2020, I'm sorry, 20, 21, and 22. Some of the best years they've ever had were because of the pandemic. So a lot of them are getting government subsidies. We all know the situation about how, you know, if it was died with COVID versus died from COVID, regardless if they were classified as a COVID death, there was X amount of dollars associated to that facility um, for subsidy. And so, again, I don't want to get political, but we all know kind of what happened there. And now, quietly, no one's really talking about it, but it's fascinating to know that they're complaining about how much money they spent on labor, primarily through us travel agencies, and it was a lot, that I guess they're upset that they didn't make more than what some of these record years were. I don't know. But they are cutting back right now. You guys have all told us. My counterparts that I talked to have told me the same thing. A lot of us agencies are not seeing the volume of positions that we're used to seeing. The rates are they're okay again i mean i i, I guess i i was correct in the fact that in 2019 i used to use 70 dollars as the as kind of a, a good solid higher end let's just say er or icu or maybe even labor and delivery or or all-inclusive bill rate for a lot of the examples i used to do when i used to get on the whiteboard and you know, train travelers when i used to do a lot of educational videos for a lot of you folks out there that was kind of my ballpark number i started using 70 because it was kind of on the higher end i didn't want to do something that was so low that people would be like well i don't want to work for that company because their rates are too low so i also didn't want to do anything ridiculous it was a pretty good solid rate and i would say by mid you know 2019 it was maybe 72. most of what i'm seeing right now just so you guys know is anywhere between for, for most systems are around 90 bucks an hour and this is probably going to be aired toward the very end of october so let's just say mid early October to you know the end of October that's about what we're seeing now there's a couple systems that have gotten ridiculous I've seen things in the eastern seaboard I'm talking about southeastern seaboard let's just say Georgia Florida Tennessee the Carolinas even over to Louisiana for sure certainly Texas where one of our systems has dropped from 80 down to 73 and I just saw something recently we're trying to go down to a $65 an hour rate and this is for by the way med surge they're including telemetry in that in that category and i'm thinking man good luck you know good luck so i guess let me start up by, by throwing that out there when you guys see low offers i don't care if it's with next gen med staff or any other company your first reaction is this company's ripping off they're 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 not offering enough well because most agencies don't share with you the bill rate that's a perfect legitimate legitimate thing to assume uh, again, with us, you guys can always ask us the bill rate, and I will tell you, they're trying to get away with $65, so please don't shoot the messenger, including your other companies as well. I'm not just protecting my company, but right now, it's kind of embarrassing how low a lot of positions are. And, you know, I'm still seeing places where it's tough to get licensure, places where the cost of living is high, still seeing some positions that are very, very strong. Certainly $100, $110 bill rates, I'm still seeing that for a lot of uh, you know, level two, as they say, nursing positions, they kind of categorize a lot of them do. They'll have like certain positions that this is paying this rate and then a step above is this rate and then a step even higher is that rate, all the way up to potentially like a CVICU or ER burn unit or something like that where it's really high. The more difficult it is to staff, the higher on that tier it goes. It has nothing to do with uh, traveler's uh, clinical ability or, the, or how difficult the specialty is. It's all based upon supply and demand. So, you know, please don't be offended if your agency, if you, if you got two friends working in a hospital one's doing labor and delivery and one is doing let's just say telemetry 
and you're upset because the L&D traveler is making more money than you, it's because the bill rate's higher and it has nothing to do with how skilled they are or what kind of a, uh, of a difficult you know, situation that they're working in as far as acuity goes or just in, in general. It's because it's harder to get a labor and delivery nurse oftentimes as a telemetry. There's just less of them. There's less of them. That's all there is to it. So it's all about supply and demand. So anyway, what I'm getting at is that right now, it is tough. It is, in, it is difficult for any reputable agency to throw out a rate and not be waiting for the barrage of things, whether it's Facebook or just wherever it is you guys are picking up your information other than this. I'm telling you, all those recruiters out there, it is, it's scary for them to be posting what they're offering for certain things. So a lot of them are turning to the highest paying positions, which means it's the most competition. So be careful. Again, if you are looking at the number one highest paying position in the country, no matter what your specialty is, no matter what your acuity is, no matter what your, I don't care if you're an allied or you're an RN, if you're a CNA, if you're a surge tech, you're a PTA, it is all going to be difficult. The more higher the pay position, I should say, the likelihood the higher the bill rate, which means the likelihood you're going to have huge competition for that. So I do see that mistake being happening right now. And I'll tell a lot of you guys, as we talk about how to navigate this market right now, we've done an episode relatively recently like this, but this is a little different. I would tell you, be careful. Again, I said this during the pandemic. I told a lot of people when the pandemic was in full bloom and it was starting to ease off, I said, please be smart. Don't take the highest paying position right now because you're going to be the first with your neck on the chopping board because it doesn't matter how good you are or how much they need you. The minute that they feel that they can start to trim some travelers, what are they going to do? They're going to trim the highest bill rated traveler there is in the hospital. And a lot of you guys learned it the hard way because nobody was listening to Travel Evolved back then because we were brand new. But go back and listen to that first season episodes. I repeatedly said that. I said, man, right now I would not, I'd be taking a good paying position, but don't take the top paying position because you're going to lose it if you're lucky enough to get it. Right now, what I'm also telling you guys is be very careful of any position that is paying a little bit abnormally high for what you're seeing in general. It's, it's you know, a couple, couple things it could be. Number one that we've talked about this a lot is that it could also be because the cost of living is high there. So always do that kind of figure. Look and see what your gross, but also check out quickly. There's some places you can go check out, you know, Airbnb or just look at what housing is going to cost you. You may be surprised that you didn't know that the cost of living in the, or that housing and, and and short-term housing was going to be that expensive in that area. So you're really making a lot, but you're spending a lot. There's a lot of recruiters out there that haven't done that work or that homework for you. And it does look good. I'm not blaming them. I'm blaming you guys. You guys have to be the ones to protect yourself and say, ooh, like, for example, used to be that you could get, you know, pretty good housing. I always use that example in southern Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, even over around, you know, uh, Cape Coral and, and Fort Myers, that area, that whole southern part, I'm going all the way up to Daytona, was relatively affordable. And you could, you know, of course, the, the cost, the, the bill rates weren't that great, so you didn't make a lot of money. Now the bill rates are a little bit better in Florida, but I've been told, and I believe it, that some of the housing costs down there, especially down around the Miami Lauderdale area, have not competed with the bill rates, which means if you're looking at Florida, you may want to do something in Gainesville or up in Jacksonville or something in Pensacola or maybe even north of Tampa because lots of times once you get further south there, you're going to pay a lot more for housing and you're actually going to keep less money in your pocket. I'm regressing, but the fact is there are some things you need to do. Be careful. But also what I was getting at, I didn't make the final point, I will right now, is that the higher a normal position is going to be, let's just say we're talking about, I don't know, central Arkansas, for example. Good, solid place, decent, decent economy, decent cost of living, decent climate right now this time of year going into the winter. And you may see one or two jobs in your area that happen to be ridiculously or just slightly even better than slightly higher. Like, I want that job. Well, you're not alone. Every single other traveler that has your specialty that has, like, let's say, a compact state in this case that would consider central Arkansas is also one to go in front of the high paying job because you guys all want the top paying. So here's what I'll tell you. It's fine. And I would absolutely recommend going in front of that job, but have some backups and understand that your chances are significantly less, even if you're a great traveler and look great on paper for getting that job just because of the sheer volume of numbers of people that are being submitted to those positions. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's supposed to be later on in the episode, but I, I jumped way ahead here like I always do. So... Let's talk about why I don't believe the industry is is going anywhere. First of all, I mean, come on, guys. You know there is a healthcare short. It's not just nursing. It's really across the board. Yes, there are some modalities. I know in radiology, they seem to have a pretty decent amount of of, uh, of number of people out there that will staff permanently. But for the overwhelming most part, healthcare has not gotten better all of a sudden. Yes, there are more people. I've heard. And I believe this, I read a lot, and there seems to be more people in nursing school and going to nurse practitioner and, and becoming you know, advanced practice. There are more people getting you know, degrees and, and getting educated on becoming an OT or a PT, speech language pathologist. There's a lot of things that have an increase in enrollment. However, there's less and less people to still teach this stuff, so it isn't gonna fix it. I will tell you this, we are in the middle of what is considered the baby, bo- baby boomers, excuse me, are getting to the points pretty big, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pretty big generational gap there of baby boomers. And a lot of them are in the beginnings or the middle of, of you know, becoming at that age where they're needing more health care. I've heard from that level alone, the number of, let's just say, nurses, and that's what most statistics are. There really isn't a lot of other stats out there to find on these other modalities, but they're out there. You just got to search a little bit. But on nursing specifically, it I've repeatedly, I've never seen one thing that says the number of people that are in nursing school is going to outreach the number of people that need health care and the number of nurses, in this case, that are exiting the nursing field. Let's talk about that for a minute. You know, back when I used to train recruiters, when, you know, that was the only thing I ever thought of, like most people, very myopic in my, in my viewpoint on how this industry had to go. I used to tell Recruiters, be aware that these men and women, they are getting them. You know what, be it out of them on a daily basis, whether it's by managers, docs, family members, patients themselves. This is not a, for a lot of people, it is not what they thought it was going to be when they get into nursing. It is tough. My heart goes out to you guys, and I defend you every chance I get. I just did a little while ago with my buddy on the beach. We were talking about it, and he has a friend whose daughter's going to nursing. I said, I talked my daughter out of it because I know how hard your life is, and I, I, I knew she wouldn't be cut out for it. Love my daughter to death, but it's, she's, not, she's not a nurse. You guys know what I'm talking about. She doesn't have what it would take to be a nurse because it's a unique thing. She's going to thrive in other things, but I know she wouldn't do well in that highly competitive, highly um, emotional, and very difficult role that you guys have to, to take. You guys are tap dancing all day long, and it's it stinks and it sucks. I understand that. So I taught that to recruiters. I said, realize you are dealing with people who are jaded oftentimes with the industry. Are you know They've gotten to a point where they now are traveling, and this makes sense to them. But be aware. It was very important to me that recruiters used to know what it was, who they were dealing with out there. And again, you guys, I probably have more experience than almost any recruiter dealing with you guys on an individual basis, and especially longer. So I get what makes you tick more than the average person does. So that was important, and that's not going to change. I do think, and I know, talking to a lot of you, and some of you that are no longer at, you know, practicing, for example, nursing, you got out, and there's more and more people getting out as well. There's also more people getting out of travel because travel healthcare in general is not what it was two and a half years ago, which we all knew, or a lot of us knew, was unrealistic to assume. But listen, there were still a lot of people that jumped into travel that that really didn't think it would go to back to this. They thought it would always be super high or they just didn't really think about it. And now they're getting a little bit of, an, uh, of a reality of what travel healthcare is gonna look like. And I still believe it is a dynamite way for healthcare nurses, allied professionals, put it that way, to make an extraordinary living if you have the ability, the gumption, and the guts to go into healthcare travel. I just Those things have to go hand in hand. You always got to have your eyes wide open. You got to treat it as a business model, like we always talked about. But you guys are earning every penny you have, so I just don't think it's going to go away. There are too many factors that have come into play. Now, let's be frank. Regardless of whether or not you and I like the the tone that we're hearing out there from hospitals that they are cutting back because they lost or spent so much money on 
on staff and on, you know, on personnel, especially contract personnel during the times when, when they needed to bring in extra people during the pandemic that they're trying to recover from it. Whether we like that or don't like that, it's really, it's really irrelevant. It is, in fact, what's happening. They are doing everything they can. For those of you guys that are thinking about traveling and you're on staff right now, you guys know, you've told me how hard you're working right now, how overworked you are, how tired you are. Travelers have told me right now that when they go on assignment, it is not like it used to be where pre-pandemic where you were just going, you had good assignments and tough assignments, but it was mostly because of seasonality when they're tough or it was because the hospital didn't have their act together when they're tough or a particular unit had a mis-ran you know, manager that wasn't so great or those kinds of reasons. It wasn't because of, you know, of what we're seeing now. So now it's really about figuring out how you're going to navigate this, but it, it truly is that they're trying to cut back. So most assignments out there that are quote-unquote bad seem to be what you guys are telling me is that they're bad because you're overworked almost across the board. You're being floated almost across the board in those times where you actually can. They're pushing those envelopes. You guys know they're pushing you, forcing you to try to come in and, and work some OT or stay later or being called in or even going on call when that was not what you had agreed to when you first signed that contract. Again, I'm going to defend some of the agencies, and I've been doing that a lot more than I usually do lately because I'm seeing the same thing. My travelers are being asked to do things that, you know, we have to have those conversations. What do you want to do? I always work for my traveler, and so does everybody with NextGen Med staff. So we take orders from you guys. It's a little bit different kind of thing. We don't force stuff. We don't do whatever. We think it's time that we someone had your back uh, pocket, was in your back pocket, and had your back, so to speak. So I do hear that stuff, and we talk about it, and it's all about the climate right now. I don't think, and I'll tell you guys this, if you're running from, a bad position right now or you can't wait to end, I don't know if you're going to walk into something that's perfect. The grass is probably not that greener on the other side for sure right now. So I think that the, the pandemic caused an increase enrollment in healthcare travelers. And clearly right now, it is difficult to get travelers to commit to positions that they feel are you know, beneath them. They're not gonna, I'm not going to pay that kind of money. For those of you guys that are, you know, Still in this to, for the long run. We're going to talk at the end of the episode about some things you can certainly do, and I think there's some wonderful things that you can do, certainly. Um, still a thankless career. I don't think policies are going to change. I do think they're going to continue to do good as bad as they can until people start leaving those facilities, and hopefully some of them stop these bad policies. I'm talking about being overworked, uh, being put on call, being floated, that sort of thing. The hospitals that are stopping to do that are going to get reputations of places that you guys want to go to, regardless who holds those contracts. And that's where you guys are going to float to. The wonderful thing about our industry, ladies and gentlemen, is that it has an amazing way of equaling itself out. You just have to be willing to ride out the tough stuff, and it always equals out. I should always say that has for 25 years since I've been in this industry, and I think it's going to do it again. The disparagement between the needs in healthcare and who is willing to be in healthcare still, I still say we got 10 good, I always say there's a 10 year in front, and every, every year I say there's still 10 years, and five years from now I'll say there's still 10 years. We can see 10 years down the road primarily with the needs and with the availability of people. And everyone just talks about enrollment in school and in training and in courses and certifications. But they don't talk about, you know, the fatalities and how many people leave this industry. Thankfully, they're like, oh, get me out of here. When people leave this industry, they don't usually ever look back. <clears throat> it's difficult for one because you, you lose your, you know, in a lot of management spending, you lose your ability to be able to jump in with both feet. But you also lose interest because you realize there are other ways to make a living. And even though travel healthcare care has been great, there's still other ways to do it that aren't what it is right now. I think you're going to be surprised and I think things are going to turn around. I still will tell you, we're going to have a good, you know, last little quarter here of 2023. And I think the first quarter of 2024 is going to be really, really solid and the rates are going to be good and the jobs are going to be better. And you guys are going to realize that you hopefully stuck it out for the right thing. Okay. So let's talk about where we are currently. Here's, here's where we are. Hospitals currently right now, as, as they always do, this is not some kind of epiphany. Hospitals are always trying to figure out how to utilize Supplemental staffing as little as possible. I'm talking about per diem. I'm talking about travel, especially. We're the most expensive option because there's benefits, there's housing involved by far than there is with the per diem situation. None of that's new, but right now they are really in high 
mode? What possibly, what ideas can we come up with to not utilize travelers? And number one is, like I just said, they're, they're overstaffing and overworking their current staff. They're overworking travelers when they come in. Anything they can do to try to have to avoid getting that other traveler into that unit. We're talking about internal contracts. Let's talk about that for a second. This is kind of a new thing that I, we haven't really seen. We used to see it in Florida seasonality-wise, but now we're seeing hospitals offering internal contracts. We have for you know, most of the spring and summer. And what you guys are finding out now, and I kind of was quiet about this because I just wanted to see. I didn't want to have an opinion because I thought, yeah, why not? I mean, any hospital is going to do what they can, as I've always told you guys, to try to reduce their cost. I mean, that's just what they do. That's why they offer you the lowest they possibly can, or they offer us the lowest they can on a bill rate, and then agencies try to make money too, so they offer you as low as they can on a pay rate so they can keep more of that pie. I'll probably bring it up a little bit again. It's just a game, and you guys are on the opposite side trying to make as much as you can and trying to play that field. It's, it's difficult. But right now, hospitals are doing everything they can, including that internal contract thing. What you guys are telling me now, a lot of you, is A, they're tough to get. B, the rates are plummeting on those, almost to the point now where it's kind of like they got you and they're trying to get you to extend. Or they're, Some of the people are telling me that they're being changed mid-contract, $15, $20 differences in their, in their gross weekly pay. So $15, $20, you know, total on that bill rate, which, you know, who knows what that is, those internal contracts, but significant droppages. I've had a lot of people the last two weeks come up really upset about it. And I mean, well, this is, you know, you're going over for the hospital. You can't even blame an agency in that case. You can only blame the hospital. And then if you, you know, you want to leave, you got to go out and find a new agency and, and try to go that route. But we, I had a lot of people on social media that were on your side of the desk, I should say, you know, travelers themselves, some recruiters that had been travelers that even said, be careful because they said that's what was going to happen. And they were right. I didn't have an opinion on it because I didn't really know. I was a little, a little ignorant, a little unfamiliar with what an internal contract kind of looked like. So I did a lot of listening and watching and kind of kept my opinion to its side. But I will tell you that I wasn't right. Those, those recruiters, those travelers, and those, uh, those, the combination of both of those for some people, they were right. What you guys are saying now is that they're, they're, you know, it's kind of a good way to get you. They bring you in, but quickly it makes zero, zero cents. So hopefully it, it worked for you guys for the summer, and now it's kind of time to figure out, okay, what am I going to do because this internal contract thing may not be good. Now what I'll tell you is that if you can find a good internal contract and they will guarantee it for 13 weeks, then why wouldn't you jump on it? If it's paying higher than a travel agency, I've always said I would jump on it without hesitation. The minute they try to drop it or that they try to extend and drop it, that's when you say, okay, I better get going. So I would prepare for that. If they're not telling they want to extend you or they're not, you know, which is another trick they're doing right now, we had a lot of travelers this summer that were, hey, we're going to extend you. Excuse me, we're going to extend you. We're going to extend you. We're going to extend you. They didn't tell the traveler they're going to extend them at $15 less bill rate. So we had to be the bearer of bad news. And other agencies did as well. Those of you that were out there in that boat, you know, your agency came to you and said, yeah, they're extending you. However, we got bad news. We got to talk to you about stuff. And it's never a fun conversation. And for a lot of us, we lost people that were like, this isn't making sense anymore, which we also, most agencies get. I understand there's a threshold in which traveling stops making sense. And a lot of you guys hit that threshold this last, you know, early to early, you know, late spring to mid early summer. It was like, this isn't making sense anymore. And um, for those folks that drop those rates down to $65 an hour, I think for them, they're realizing it's not making sense because that happens to be one of the systems that we're seeing more and more positions come up because they can't fill it. They can't fill at that rate. And again, it's not an agency's decision to decide. It's a hospital setting those bill rates. And it's you guys to decide if you're going to buy or don't buy now more than ever, I would definitely look at the company that pays the highest, but that's something I've always said. It's not always us, you know, because most, if we don't have a contract, we can't be the highest paying there. So we'll talk about that also in a minute here. So, but that's kind of what's going on. Internal contracts, short-lived, reduced pay. You've got these, the other thing that's happening, I mentioned a few episodes ago, I think I mentioned on the monolith episode, is that they're doing a really good job of trying to keep as many positions as they can in their own, uh, in their own fold. If they're not, if the, if the positions are so limited that they are struggling to get enough profiles and enough submissions to that position for fulfillment, then they're not going to hand them out to any other agency. And if they do, they're going to say, okay, we'll hand it out to the biggest company that can help us. We're not going to hand it out to everybody. So newer companies, companies that are smaller, companies that have less fulfillment, they're going to be way down in that pecking order. So that was interesting is this last week, we did see a lot of positions coming in because we're not way down there, but we're certainly not the biggest company on the planet out there yet. So it's interesting how I can totally tell when a system or a vendor is starting to struggle and they're saying, okay, we, we, we've opened up to these people. They're not delivering for us either because unfortunately for them, the bigger the agency that they opened them up to originally, they're not really that motivated. They're just another 
you know, thing to recruit for. It's that medium-sized company that tends to go, okay, we better go and get after this. Um, so we're seeing that now, and it tells me that those that first or second level of, of, uh, of tiering, if you will, is also not delivering. So here we go. We're starting to see positions that we haven't seen before. Some rates are good. Some rates stink. And I'm like, no wonder they're not fulfilling it. So it's it again, be careful of shooting the messenger, but also look for jobs. Look for the exact same position and take the highest paying company. What you, you should always be doing is saying, I'm willing to go to, I don't know, Charleston, South Carolina. I know there's more than one hospital in Charleston. So if they're on two different systems, which I believe that they are, and one's significantly paying higher than the other one, find a company that has that job. And don't blame the company that's offering Charleston at a sister hospital saying, well, your rates are low. No, the bill rate is low. The bill rate is higher here. So you cannot beat up all these companies that are offering this hospital at this rate compared to these companies that are offering this hospital at that rate in the same city. They're different. They have completely different bill rates. So I've seen agencies being beat up by, oh, your rates are low or this is terrible. And I'm like, going, yeah, but is it? Have you compared that very, very specific position with other companies? If that's the one you want to go to, and sometimes there's a reason why they pay less because they're, they're easier and better systems oftentimes, then take the highest paid agency that has that specific job and then or take the, the job that the other agencies have that's completely across town that pays way higher. You guys have that empowered with you, which is great. So... Those agencies, those monolith companies right now, as I said this summer, are, are they're actually doing a good job of fulfilling those on their own. They're starting to slip a little bit. They can't look bad in front of their hospitals and their systems. If they're not fulfilling, they're going to have to open it up. And with their margins being what they are, I, I gave them lots of kudos a few episodes ago and said they're doing a great job. And there's reasons why their margins are that big. But when those margins start getting in the way of being able to pay and the facilities haven't lifted their rate, that's when they're having to be forced to say, well, we better offer it up and subcontract to some other companies who have thinner margins that can actually beat us, even though we're offering them a lower bill rate and they're giving us 5%, the agencies can still deliver. And that's what you're starting to see now. I think you're going to continue to see that for the remainder of the year. Again, depending upon how cold it gets. I'm in California. I know back in Colorado it snowed a couple of days ago or a week ago, and it was snowing most of the day. So, you know, that's probably a, a good thing for travel in general because it's going to force people that have the ability to be able to go south and and get away from that cold they're going to increase the census down in those areas which are going to put demands on those facilities in those southern states that can't handle it so there'll be travel assignments there and of course when someone wants to you know has a need up in those colder areas there's less and less travelers that are willing to take those so the rates go up and there's there's needs there too so you guys know between you know pretty much november and april is some of the best months for garnering great contracts, and that's definitely coming right now for sure. So, um, it's it's just interesting because they're they're how they're going to fit and how they're going to be able to, to, I guess, deliver fulfillment with really with lower rates is going to be interesting. I think there's going to be more and more companies that are going to offer rates. And listen, there's going to be places in this country that you are not going to be able to make a lot of money in this winter. I don't think that the bill rates are going to be widespread across the board. I think there's going to be opportunity. But there's going to be some really nice warm weather locations that I believe are going to be really garbage pay. And some of you will still take them. That is not up to us to decide. We're not supposed to dictate that. And we certainly don't at Next Gen MedStep. It makes sense to some of you. I can understand taking a really nice assignment in St. Petersburg, Florida, as opposed to taking a high-paying one in, in Duluth, Minnesota. I mean, nothing against Duluth, Minnesota. It's beautiful. But in the wintertime, it's cold and it is a different type of assignment. So that's going to happen a lot more. You're going to see, I think you're going to see a bigger disparagement between jobs as far as what they're paying based upon the supply and demand and the need and how difficult it is to fill, which gives you guys great opportunity this winter. You can chase some dollars or you can take lower paying assignments and go you know, where there's maybe no state taxes like Florida or Texas, somewhere like that and still be gainfully employed. It's going to be up to you guys to make those decisions on what makes sense to you, but they're still going to be out there. So I also think they're going to continue to lead on internal staff, which I think is going to cause a lot of burnout. I think when you start seeing patient you know, complaints or, or medical errors because of, of burnout across the board, which is a scary thing, it's not something that everyone wants to talk about, but when that starts happening, I think some of the you know the big wigs at these hospitals, hospital systems, are going to have to say, okay, we better, we better get some people in there because our staff is, is starting to uh, cost us money right that's what that's what it all comes down to if, there, if there's mistakes and errors are costing money they'll start throwing some money at to reduce those costs it depends upon which one costs more right <laughs> guys it all just follow the money it always it always goes back to money in this industry and it's and it's definitely not going to ever change okay so 
those are what's that that's what I think why I think it's not going away. It's also what I think is happening currently. There's a lot of other things at play. I still will tell you the economics, like I talked about at the beginning of this episode. A lot of things are moving in 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 sequence that are actually kind of hurting the industry right now. But again, my prediction is that I think that you're going to see more positions, and I do think that. I think you're going to see rates where you guys are saying the rates are terrible. Well, yeah, they may be bad where you're looking, but there are going to be some really good opportunities. Which, by the way, oftentimes those really good high-paying opportunities oftentimes still have less competition because not everybody is willing to chase the dollar during time. So you're going to have more jobs where it, that pay low, which is option number one, or you can go less competition at high-paying, which is kind of a unique situation. You're going to, it's going to be up to you, and I still believe that's going to be the case. So what do you do? How are we going to get through this? Is I guess you know this, this one is just something I just want to address. It's not a long episode, but I want to address this. First of all, there's a couple options you can do. Clearly, you guys can either ride it out and stay out of healthcare travel right now if you have that option. In other words, if, if the numbers anywhere are not making sense, if a close-to-home assignment doesn't pay well and you're not willing to drive across the country, you don't want to, or you've got personal reasons why you don't want to, or you don't like the winter and cold weather, or it's just too far away, or the cost of living at all these great paying positions are really not that great because you're not going to bring that much in you know, home in your pocket, then ride it out. If you're lucky enough to have the ability to either go permanent for a while or to work PRM, which I know a lot of people do, then I would stick with that and ride this thing out. If you still want to travel, I think this is where you have to decide, you know, what am I looking at? We talked a lot on episode two or three, whatever it was, about creating a business mindset. This is clearly what we're talking about. This is the last quarter of the year. So how did you do all year? Were you chasing dollars and you're way ahead of what your personal goal was, then you can probably afford to take a lower paying assignment because you're going to stay gainfully employed and you're going to have a steady paycheck coming in week in, week out. That's an option. If you were unfortunate or you made some decisions where you didn't have the year you're going to have, you have to look at what you want to do the remainder of this year and into 2024 now for sure and say, where is it I want, where I'm willing to go to? And I'm telling you, there's still some good paying assignments out there, but be very careful on the great location and the super high paying. And I see that mistake through our back end of our app all the time. A person apply to one or two positions and it's always one of the highest paying. I'm like, oh, here we go. We got a really, we got a hospital that's throwing a really high bill rate. They're going to get annihilated with, with applicants from every single one of us agencies. Most of us agencies are going to put in more than one person in front of this job. And this traveler is hoping that they're going to be the one that's going to get it. You got to understand the market. And this is where recruiting will help you, but when you're using a recruiter's app like ours or you're working off of a web-driven company like some of those out there, you've got to assume the role of a recruiter and say, I know that if I want this job, I can tell why I want it. And There's got to be a ton of other people with my specialty that look exactly the same or maybe even better than me on paper that are going to want it too. So I better have a plan B, plan C. There are plenty of opportunities out there for you guys right now. I just think you have to treat yourself more like a recruiter would and push your own envelope. That is one great thing about recruiting is that a good recruiter can push you to be submitted and even accept offers that really weren't your first, second, or even sometimes your third choice because they're great salespeople. And they do make sense and they can talk you into saying, you got to take this otherwise you're going to be unemployed. If you're working with a recruiterless situation like our company or some of the other ones that are doing things that are similar, then I think you have to realize that too. You've got to be smart and say, all right, I just went in front of this really high paying job. I better start looking at some other things so I'm making sure that I am employed and I've got some offers. I can't just do you know all my eggs in one basket, so to speak. So you've got to kind of decide which one is, you know, what kind of avenue makes the most sense. If you're lucky enough to have downloaded our app, one of the things I love about it is that, you know, it passively tells you the areas that you're interested in, what the continue, what the per, you know current rates are at some of these places. Now, not all of them, because we don't have every job. Certainly, we don't have that many at all right now. It's kind of it kind of sucks, but we're with a lot of vendors, but they're just really really scaled down. So, it's interesting that you guys have that threshold. I am going to continue to look at this. It's a wonderful tool to have, and you, you know, right here on your phone, it only goes off when there's a new position in the state that you're interested in. So, if you've got five or six states that you want to go to, and let's just say your ER. You can say, boy, I haven't really gotten a, a notification in, in, a, in a number of days or even all week. And you go look and sure enough, there's nothing where you looked at and wanting to go. So does that mean you're, is that why you're struggling with, you know, your company or other you know, has recruiters? Are they not having positions either? Or if you're working per diem or taking some time off, it kind of tells you, hey, things where I'm willing to go are still pretty slow right now. I'm going to continue to work per diem or I'm going to continue to do my permanent staff because what I'm seeing is either non-existent or very seldom 
or when the rates do come out, the, the pay rates don't make sense to me. That's what's wonderful about not having to pick up the phone or talk to somebody who's going to try to convince you to take something. It's just all right there. So you can decide when you want to jump back in. Also, when the rates start making sense, the frequency in which these positions are coming in and the areas that you're interested in are starting to come, you know, make sense to you. Like, hey, I'm starting to see some more volume. It's time for me to start getting my resume together and make sure all my certs are up to date and everything's ready to go. And I need to start applying to some positions through either a recruiter or through an app, whatever it is you're doing. So here's the encouraging thing I want to tell you guys. This is not a very hellfire and brimstone episode. I just don't believe it is. I think it's tough. It's been tough. I'm going to acknowledge that. It is interesting how hospitals are, are doing everything they can. It tells you that they are wishing that they could just make it, you know, staff be there and be right. But it's never been the case. And what happens is these are all in trends. I don't care what you're talking about. When the trend gets bad, the next thing all it, the dam breaks and all of a sudden the, the floodgates kind of open. And I still believe that we're going to be in that boat. The more snow we have in places like Colorado and the Midwest and up north, the, the faster this is going to happen here. So I don't know what it's going to be like by the time this thing airs, but here early mid-October, I'm seeing positions starting to come in that I haven't seen before in locations with rates that are, that are strong, that are pretty darn decent, which allows a lot of companies to come up with a pretty good you know, compensation package based upon whatever their margins are. So shop that around. So I think things are improving. It could change tomorrow. By the time this thing episodes, it could be back being stagnant again, but I just don't believe it. I think as we move into winter, as the population, unfortunately, has less sunshine and starts getting sick and people are, are in school. And, you know, that's just one of those things that just happens naturally. There's nothing we can do about it. I think things are going to continue to improve. So hang in there. Um, I just believe that. The other thing is that, like I just said earlier, the market is going to fix itself. It always does. That's what's so wonderful about our industry. Everything gets fixed by supply and demand. Agencies that are gouging too much and, and don't have a lot of positions that are, have a huge margins go by the wayside. No one wants to work for them because they're getting beat by competition. What's happened this last summer is that a lot of the higher margin large companies have done very, very well. I guarantee they're going to have really good second quarters. You go and look at the reports that come out here probably by now, and you'll see that their second quarter was pretty solid because they utilized a lot more of their own internal team. They gave away less contracts and they fulfilled them themselves. But that also corrects itself in our market. There's a point where they can't do that anymore. I think we're on the cusp of that from what I'm seeing you know, recently, which means you guys will see the same job with more companies, which should give you more options for you to be able to go after the company that pays the most, which I still think is what all travelers should do. And it seems to me like for the last few years, that's what you guys are doing, which is, which is exactly what I'd be doing if I were in your boat. I would be looking around and saying, where, here's where I want to go. Who holds those contracts? And I'm going to try to find the company that pays the highest. And I, you should. And you guys are, by the way. Um, do the best you can to stay employed. I know that it's tough. The good news about our country right now, which is what's very different from 2008, is that our unemployment rate is pretty low, even though our economy is garbage right now, which means that you guys seem to have some options there. I mean, it is nice for the most part that if you keep up on your skills, you keep up on your certifications, most healthcare professionals, and I'm saying most, I'm not classifying everybody in the same boat, you guys tend to have the ability to, to have never be looking for a position, whether it's permanent or hopefully travel in our case. You guys always are in demand. That's a wonderful niche you guys have, and please don't ever lose sight of that. If you're thinking about getting out of this industry, realize that most other industries, most other types of business that you may be involved in, they're, they're not like that. You don't always have ability. If you're, I don't care what you're doing, if you're a salesperson or if you're insurance or you're a, you know, trying to think of what else there is. If you're an accounting person, accountant, and or you're working in you know, an accounting department at some company, you don't always have a guarantee of, of, an, of employment because it gets tough. You guys have that yet another wonderful wrinkle in your employment. So stay employed. Figure out what you're going to do. Am I going to just ride this out and stay out of this and keep my eye open and, and look? Nothing wrong with that. I'd be, asking, I'd be telling you the same advice. If, if you have that ability, I would do that. If you have to travel, I certainly would be very selective. Do your research. Don't just take a high-paying position. Make sure that the cost of living, first thing, am I going to spend more money living there as opposed to a lower gross weekly at an economy or in a, in a um, what I'm looking for, in a, in a location where the cost of living is significantly less. It's all about what you're able to leave. You know, here's your here's your revenue, which is your pay rate, your weekly compensation. Here is your 
your expenses for the week, your housing, all your meals and sales, everything that you're paying for, and what's the gap? You're looking for the biggest gap. So once you decide where you want to go, I would still, you know, you still got to look for the best paying company out there, and that's exactly what you should be doing. Have you guys noticed how most agencies don't talk about, you know, they talk about a lot of things that they do well, but very rarely you ever see an agency say, we're, the, you know, we're one of the highest paying companies out there, because it's not a thing, because as I'll tell you guys, I'll leave you on this note, don't you think, first of all, just pause for a minute, don't you think that's interesting that our industry isn't full of agencies trying to become the top paying company out there? Think about that for a moment. When's the last time, besides, of course, next-gen med staff, and I'm sure there's others out there, but if you really look across the board, if you look on Facebook or you look at anybody's social media or any place else, who is sitting there saying we are predominantly or we're one of, let's just be real, you know, kind of a little bit you know, less firm, we're one of the top-paying companies across the board out there. The reason you don't see that is because I've told you, and I'll share this one last thought with you guys, and again, I hope you really hear me this time. Most agencies compensate their recruiters by having a package that basically says this, the bigger margin you negotiate for us, the company, with that traveler, in other words, the more you screw that traveler out of their compensation and keep more of it to our company, we will pay you a higher commission. So far that, if, you know, so much so that it, it's significant. It's every week. Now, they're getting you to make who knows how much more a week. It's not a lot. But if they have 30, 40, 50 travelers working for them, and they do that with every one of them, it makes sense. So there are recruiters out there that formulate their desk this way. I'm going to get every traveler I can for as, for as little as I can bring them on board for and pay them so I can bring more money to my company and I can make higher commission. There are recruiters that kind of go across the board, and there are others that say, you know what, I'm going to go as low as I can and try to work on volume, get as many people as I can to go out there, and I'm going to build a reputation of a, of a recruiter that you know tries to offer as much without getting in too much trouble for my superiors, because I know there's a threshold and, and you know where I can't drop below. And there are recruiters that try to do each deal, and it depends upon how savvy and how knowledgeable the traveler is. That that also oftentimes, you know, is the indicator on how much they're going to push. If you guys know what you're doing, you'll notice that you get a lot of less pushback when you say, I want this, this, and this, because the recruiter knows I got an educated traveler. I better just, you know, drop as much as I can and get the deal done without getting in trouble. For those of you that are new and don't listen to Travel Evolved enough, you're going to get taken and, and recruiters are going to get you and you're going to be working alongside people for that same company that are making more than you are because unfortunately in industry, we've taught you and, and reinforced that you have to be a great negotiator of your contract. And I, I just think there's so many things that shouldn't happen. But hear what I said. You are not, you are, your recruiter oftentimes Guys, almost across the board, predominantly, a heavy, heavy percentage of, of compensation packages are that way, where the recruiter is incentivized to bring, you know, to give you less, keep more money in the company's pocket, and they get a higher compensation. I mean, it would be foolish for any CEO or CFO that has a recruiting team to do it any other way. I never did it that way. I will go on record and say I never had a floating scale of it. But I learned how, I always thought there was, but I learned firsthand how common it is. It's very common. It's almost across the board. So you have to negotiate. And so it's, to me, it kind of stinks that you have to go in that process. But understand that that's what's happening. You Right now, if you're working with a recruiter company and the, you have the ability to negotiate, negotiate your fanny off. For those companies like ours that say, here's, the, here's everything we have, here's our percentage, and, and, and beat it if you can, I think we'll get beat. I think if you can negotiate a better rate than what we're offering for the exact same position, hear me, take it with that company. I don't think they're going to be able to do it repeatedly across the board. They're going to be angry. The recruiter's not going to be that happy because they're not making any money on you. The company's not going to be that happy. And pretty soon they're going to say, no, we're not going to do that this time. We're not going to extend you that rate. And they're going to start to try to get you for lower. People will not be able to compete with this model. Uh, consistently. They just won't. So this is why I think things are changing. Last thing I'm going to say on that note, I think what we're going through right now is a wonderful thing for you guys. And I hope you hear me on this. I know it's been tough. I know you've been disenchanted with the rates out there, with the volume of positions that are available, with the competition level, all the things we just talked about. But I think this is all happening for a reason. I think that Companies like NextGen MedStaff and other companies that are forward-thinking and are saying, how do we pay travelers more? How do we help the hospitals not have to pay more by offering more to the traveler and using technology to instantly notify you on a job you want and never notifying you on jobs you don't want or, or having to wait until you know offices open at 8 o'clock on Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 or whatever it is. 
it makes more sense. And I do believe that this is all happening because it is that time for a change. I think a lot of companies are trying to figure out how to do this more, but they're struggling because they got recruiting teams and a bunch of people walking around. They're making a lot of money, and this is the model that's always worked. So they're going to have to adapt. This is a good thing that's happening right now. You guys are going to see some really solid long-term good effects of what's happening with technology on the recruiting side or on the agency side. And that's why we're so excited. And that's why this has been kind of an interesting uh, case study. Wasn't scary for us. We didn't have to, you know, by the way, you guys in the here and you know, all the rumors out there, all these big companies and medium-sized companies and even larger companies that are laying off people internally, recruiters and, and whatnot, by by a lot. I knew it happened uh, just, I think, this week. There's a couple of companies that I've heard are letting go of a lot of their recruiting team and letting go of, of significant credentialing people and even account managers because there's no business and they can't maintain that that overhead. It's, you know, if they do, they're going to keep gouging the travel one. They've got to try to say, we got to get our rates higher, so I've got to get rid of some of the, the operating expenses that we have that aren't cost of goods sold and get rid of some of that team. You'll see it. It's going to continue to happen. Uh, and that's why you know we think it. So those of you who have downloaded our app, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hang in there. If you're not seeing what you're looking for, just use the app to keep you in the market, keep in the loop. When it notifies you, check out the job. If it's low paying, don't take it. It doesn't mean we're offering low. It's across the board. It doesn't matter if you're in Florida or the state of Washington, Southern California or Maine, we have the same margin. So if the rate is low, it means the bill rate is low. That's all you got to think about. So guys, we appreciate it as always. Catch you next time on Travel Evolved.